sick. Spooky from the start. Yeah, that's just the vibe. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> love Ooh. it. I love that for us. I'm crazy. How was everyone's little holiday break? It Very was... low-key. Yeah. Yeah. Merry yeah. and bright. Exactly. Merry and bright. You know what? Uh, so true. So true, right? <laughs> it just, like, felt that way. It really did. And it, it really and it was. did. Um, I, I was home with my family, and my sister told me that my niece has been telling them that my grandfather, who has passed away, has been coming and singing to her. And wow. she never met him. She never met him. But she came to my sister and said, Papa was singing to me. No. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And she just, like, said it out of nowhere. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah. And she's what? Three? Three. Yeah. Damn. Honestly, you gotta wonder. I think she's. I think she's spooky. She also loves Halloween, <laughs> and um, <laughs> she gets very hung up when she finds out that someone has passed away. So recently, a dog she knew passed away, and Aww. the other day she was looking at what Santa brought her, and one of the first things she said was, "Did Mia die?" And I was like, who, who, Jesus. Why what is Mia? And my sister was like, that is my boss's dog. And so, I don't know. I think she's into the kind of spooky stuff. You know, she's, she's thinking about the she's, afterlife. She's morbid. Yeah. She's, and we love her. Yeah. That's just her, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So something spooky. Can't wait that is yeah. a, for her to talk. I know. More so we can have her as a guest. Oh yeah. No. She I mean honestly she'll talk your ear off. So just just <laughs> you wait. <laughs> Love it. Just you wait. Well, should we should we get started? Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. We're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa. Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky. Ooh. Last, this is our last episode of 2021. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Where did the year go? I don't know. It was, it was a rough year, honestly. honestly. I, you know. They're just all rough now. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to hope too hard for 2022, but I, I hope she's kind to us. I really do, too. Yeah, a little bit. My body yeah. hurts. 21. Same. Yeah. We've got some fun things planned for 2022, though, so I'm excited. We do. We, we, we really do. <sighs> well, speaking of exciting, this episode, I think she's going to be fun. We're going, we're going on down. I guess Kylie's going on down, and we're going on up to <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you mean? What do you mean? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going west around around the country. She she's going over and over and you know she's doing the thing. I know what the map of the United States looks like. Don't come <laughs> Thank for me. God, <laughs> she does. <laughs> I've seen it once or twice. Some of my favorite peoples are from Michigan. <gasps> really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I have a few uh, close friends from Grand Rapids. Oh damn. 
Well, the more you know. I the saw a few haunted spots in Grand Rapids, so if they know anything, they better let Ooh. us let us know. I should have given them a ring-a-ding-dang. I did not. Uh, I didn't think about now. it until just now. They can listen to the app and then give us some feedback, and we'll, we'll yeah. see. All right. Yeah. Well, I can start things off over in Claire, Michigan. Never heard of her until today, but she sounds lovely. Mm. We're going over to the Doherty Hotel. So this guy, the late Senator Alfred James Doherty I, he was convinced that the automobile would eventually become the transportation of choice. And boy, was he right. <laughs> so because he thought this, he decided to build in the center of Clare instead of near the railroads. People thought he was out of his mind. But you know mm. what? He wasn't. Soon, Clare became known as the Crossroads of Michigan as they had two major rail lines, rail lines, what, that intersected in the town. (laughs) And this small town became a popular stopping place for tourists and commercial travelers. And the new Hotel Doherty, built in 1924, was there to accommodate. So he, he was planning ahead and boy... Was he happy he did? So the Doherty family has owned and operated the hotel since its opening. The original hotel contained 60 rooms, and the ground floor housed the public library of Claire, a coffee shop, the lobby, a large dining room, a soda fountain shop, a barber shop, as well as the hotel's kitchen, pantry, and refrigerator room. And Senator Doherty even had an office there. So basically... This was a hot spot in town. People were hanging out there getting soda, getting their wigs done. You know, everything. <laughs> Senator Do- Oh, my Lord. The words. It's like I haven't talked in several weeks. <laughs> Senator Doherty made it a point to please each guest with clean rooms, great food, and a pleasant stay. His perfectionist nature, popularity, and sincere hospitality made the hotel an instant success the people couldn't get enough of it the hotel does however have a very colorful history so during prohibition it was a speakeasy and there was a back room for gambling and even adult entertainment if you know what i mean wow no please tell me elaborate you're gonna learn about it (laughs) This was also a meeting place for the Mafia and the Purple Gang. So, in 1938, the hotel was actually the site of one of Michigan's most notorious murders. Isaiah Lebov, former Purple Gang attorney turned Purple Gang businessman, was murdered in the bar. He was shot by his own cousin and business partner, Jack Livingston. His own cousin. Damn, Jack. Can you believe? A family I man. I know. Jack is honestly out of control. But you That's know what? Blood. Sometimes family does you wrong. With such a rich history, it's really no surprise that there have been numerous accounts of the hotel's haunting over the years. Common occurrences include loud, unexplainable knocking, especially in the lobby... 
bedroom doors opening and closing by themselves, sometimes even slamming, which sounds very frightening. Aggressive. And apparitions and shadow figures being spotted anywhere from the lobby to the very top floor. So there are reports all over this place. Some believe that Isaiah Lebov, the murder victim, may actually remain there, as well as some other mob members whose murders went unreported because, uh, naturally, you know, the mob knows how to make people disappear. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Yep. It's also believed that the family matriarch, Helen, a.k.a. Grandma Doherty, is still there. Sometimes a waft of perfume will float through the room, and this scent has been attributed to old grandma. Guests and paranormal investigators have tried their hand at capturing evidence to support the claims that the hotel is haunted. And some of the most shocking evidence was recorded in a back room where grandma's body was actually placed after her death. In this area, they recorded the voice of a woman. It was soft and feeble, so they assumed this person was very old or very sick. Pretty, pretty spooky. So I found a few stories from guests, visitors, and employees that I wanted to share because they really, they give you a a firsthand insight into what's going on there. So this first person says, in March of 2014, I was there for a conference and as routine for me, I enjoy reading all the newspaper clippings and gangster stories posted on the walls in the downstairs lobby area. The Doherty family history is pretty cool to read about also. I ran out of articles to read, so I went up to my room to watch television for a while. I fell asleep, and somewhere in the early dawning of the day, I heard stirring around in the room near the bed across from me. In sort of a sleepy state, I turned my head, and there seemed to be a little old lady, not very tall, with gray hair, sort of bent over, wearing a calico patterned dress and an apron. She was moving things around on the bed as if she was sorting clothes. I recall closing my eyes and turning my head the other way as if I just knew this was not happening and thinking perhaps I'm not really awake yet. Shortly after, I went down to breakfast and shared my experience with some colleagues, laughing it off while they teased me about seeing a lady who may have been the ghost of the owner's mother. I didn't believe them, but they asked the waitress about a little old lady who used to live in the hotel, and she said that it was true. I was shocked, but thought this experience was rather nice. <laughs> Cute. Okay. I'm glad that this person thought it was nice. I don't think I would think that was so nice, but, um, you know. I'd be a little her. freaked out. I would be scared. But, um, you know, I'd probably get over it. It sounds like she was yeah. doing doing good work, you know? She yeah, exactly. All wounds. Exactly. It, it really does. When you're right, you're right. When she's right, she's right. Here's another from a, a visitor to the hotel. So they say, The wife and I spent the night in Claire a few years back, and while there, we checked out the Doherty Hotel because it was said to be haunted. It had an old-time feeling to it, with turn-of-the-century pictures on the upstairs walls. We walked down the back staircase and came out by the kitchen, where servers were coming and going through swinging doors. 
I should have smelled the food being cooked, but what I smelled was an odor hard to describe. It wasn't until later that night I could describe it, based on reading what others had smelled there. It was a musty cigar smell, almost like a mix of musty clone and stale cigar. I read the description in an article about the hotel, which many had smelt by the back staircase. The place used to be a bar and brothel run by a woman who was said to have smelled like the description. Mm. A madam smelling of cigar smoke and cologne. And it's still there. The (laughs) scent is still there. Sometimes the scent, it just sticks, doesn't it? Sometimes it does. It does. Like when you work at a restaurant. It do be sticking. And here's one more from an employee. I've worked there and have stayed there, and the old part of the hotel definitely has some weirdness going on. There's one room that used to be Mrs. Doherty's room. It has a painting of her in it, and many people, including myself, have seen her eyes move. Oh, right. Yeah. No, thank you. Also, in the basement, there used to be a public men's restroom. The feeling down there is just eerie and gives people goosebumps. I swear I saw someone down there after hours one night. When I turned on the light, they were gone. Damn. Hmm. There you have it, my gals. What a spooky place. Honestly, we've got stinky smells, little old ladies... I mean, you name it, they've Paint. got it. They've got it. This is the eyes spot going for you. cross-eyed in paintings. <laughs> Freaking me! Honestly. Oh my gosh, insane. I, uh, imagine if they are just going cross-eyed and not like following you through the room. <laughs> right. You turn better. around. I like what I'm. I'm picturing this, and I like what I'm seeing. <laughs> you know, it's silly, not spooky. Yeah. Uh, what an active ghost. Uh, she is wild. Honestly, it sounds like she just gets around the whole place. <laughs> she is all over. Good for her. Well, I have another uh, hotel for us. You want to hear about it? Yeah. Absolutely. These days, it's called the Landmark Inn, and it was in mm. Marquette, Michigan. So, yeah. But back in the day, y'all, when it was first conceived, birthed, <laughs> <laughs> Brought into this world in 1910. It was called the Northland Hotel. Uh, Mm. Yeah. But the hotel itself didn't actually open until January 8th, 1930. It took them about a good 20 years to get this thing together. Mm. But once it it opened, y'all, it was a full-service hotel with over 100 rooms. It was swanky. It was nice. The people of Marquette loved it. It was around 1970s when it started to fall into despair, ended up closing in 1982, but Mm. somebody came back, they renovated her in 1995, and she was beautiful again. (gasps) Love to see a renovation. Love it. From 1930 through 1960s, the hotel was like the social center of Marquette. And the guest history is just outstanding. We got Amelia Earhart. What? Up in room 502. Yeah. And they um, they ended up naming this room after her. So you can stay in the Amelia Earhart room. Oh, that's cool. 
We have Abbott and Costello. Ha ha ha. Famous, <laughs> famous comedians. <laughs> they came to the Marquette during, uh, they came to, yeah, Marquette during the war in 1942 to perform for the American Legion and they stayed at the Northland Hotel. Damn. So now we have the Abbott and Costello room. Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong. What? The singing group Peter, Paul, and Mary. What? Okay. I mean, oh, my God. Studded. You were not lying. I wasn't. This place was popping. So, I mean, because it was popping, you can only imagine the ghosts were like, I'm going to pop off too, you know? I mean, Absolutely. Like, they had a concert all the time. Exactly. Well, not a concert, like, but entertainment. This place is sick. I'm going to stick around. So much is mm-hmm. going on here. And mm-hmm. there's a bunch of local myths about this place with ghost stories behind them. So I'm going to start with my favorite one. This is the librarian. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> During the 1930s, when the Northland Hotel first opened, uh, It was considered, like, the best hotel in town, obviously. And downtown Marquette was considered a larger town in the northern Midwest, where many remote outposts came for supplies. So one fine day, this boat showed up (laughs) with this crew (laughs) to enjoy some leave before they set sail again. And one crew member who was a regular visitor to the town library caught the eye of the local librarian. Ooh. Yes. Just one eye? (laughs) Did they cross? Because she was apparently 30 and unwed. And in that day and age, it was just a hopeless situation for her. All right. All right. An unwed Cyclops. (laughs) Hit me. This is literally my story. It's all about me. Thirties, but no, Kylie's got two eyes at least. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> at least, <laughs> or there'd be no hope, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, but the hopes were revived because the librarian fell in love with this visitor, this crew member. Her love was returned, and the two decided to make a home at the Northland Hotel where he was staying. Yeah. But listen to this. The crewman had to go for his final cruise on this big lake. He wanted to collect some money and then come back to marry his librarian. But as fate would have it, the ship met with an infamous superior storm. And was swept away, taking the crew to a cold, wet grave <gasps> in the oh. Lake Superior. <laughs> no. Ooh. Yeah. And because of this, the librarian never recovered, y'all. Uh, yeah, she couldn't work. She thing. was so depressed. She couldn't eat. She soon just died of her broken heart. And it oh is said. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It said that she looks out from the lilac room on the sixth floor, waiting for her love to return. Sometimes Aww. you can find her pacing the sixth floor. She's like, where's my man? Where's my man? He's not coming back. Oh. Yeah. Sad. God. 
That so is sad. tragic. Tragic. This next My story one. is almost just like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry, continue. Well, this it's next wild. tale, um, Odd Ends calls it Pillow Talk. Ooh. Odd Ends. Ooh. Oh, coffee. we love it. We love Saucy. that. Saucy. So the Northland Hotel was, it was a place where visitors from Boston and New York came to oversee their mineral and lumber in- interests. Again, Again every weekend I, I do it. <laughs> yes, that's so true. She's got to go. Always, Kylie's like, I got to catch a flight to check on my minerals. Right. Every yeah. weekend. Well, every weekend. She, and she knows where to go. She does. Yep. And, okay, so Marquette, you know, was a bustling remote remote town, and it offered a lot of pleasures and amenities during the day. During the building of the hotel, there are many starts and stops in the project over financing. Interests changed hands over and over, and it was said that those negotiations took place in the partially built hotel. The parties walked through the unfinished halls enjoying good whiskey and the company of lovely ladies most of the time. So, one of the most sought-after lovely ladies, this woman escort, she was apparently involved in some pillow talk. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what they say. <laughs> in the favor of one of the negotiating parties, she she was the favorite of one of them. And so this other man who wanted her bad discovered bad. this and while inebriated decided to kill the woman in a fit of rage oh and my to god hide Can his they- crime the man bur- buried her in the yet unfinished portion of the hotel's basement jesus I know. What what is with these fits of rage they pop up everywhere no, it's like to calm, calm the fuck down, down. you People know are crazy there Honestly. is so much love to be had take a yeah. breath of crimes of passion it's crazy Crimes well, of Pash. It's said that Crimes she still calls for the workmen to stop building the building because she's under there. Oh. And she wants to be found and to tell her untold secrets. Oh, that's Poor rough. Girl. I know. But listen to this, y'all. So with that first myth, the lilac room, I think everybody should go ahead and stay there because there's just so many reports of hauntings in this room, all right? And one of the most bizarre is of this gentleman who kept finding screws in between his sheets in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, comfortable. Yeah. He would call housekeeping. He was like, yo, there's a bunch of screws in my bed. You should, we should change the sheets. This is weird. I feel unsafe. (laughs) They come in, they change the sheets. He comes back, fully made bed again. The screws are still there. That is a lawsuit waiting to happen. (laughs) Yeah, they need to figure that out. Who's screwing in his bed? He's a man on the streets and he's a screw in the sheets. Mm -hmm. Also Mm. in the lilac room, the phone will ring to the front desk for no reason and nobody's staying there. Men will have trouble getting into the room with their keys. They can't get in. (laughs) And paranormal groups have gone into this room and done, you know, different tests. And one thing that is for sure is there's definitely one woman and two men in the room. 
a medium took some pictures. She she found some orbs, but she also said that a woman named Mary Eleanor was in that room. She was searching for her dog. And then two men who were angry and refused to speak to the medium. Oh, a menage a trois. Yeah, yeah. And screws. I'm and just, screws. I'm very fixated on the screws in the bed. I, it's honestly shocking. It is shocking. It's right. not Like safe. not nails. No nails, but screws specifically. The, the next most haunted spot in the hotel is the North Star Lounge. One of their Ooh. bartenders, Debbie, reported very interesting conversation with a guest in 2002. Mm. She said the guest was expressing appreciation for the restoration, restoration of the hotel and was reminiscing about a spooky experience she had. On the sixth floor of the restaurant, for many years, this was called the Crow's Nest, and it was a very popular spot. The woman recalled a visit to the Crow's Nest, and as she was dining with her husband, she noticed another woman standing at the bar. Her attention was drawn to the other woman because her skirt was being pulled out. It was like someone had (laughs) pulled out the skirt to examine the fabric, but there was no one there. What? My biggest fear. (laughs) She she thought she might have imagined it, so she had her husband look, and it happened again. Debbie told the visitor of the reports of ghosts in the hotel, and the woman said, I always thought that there was. To this day, I still remember that skirt covered with the lilacs. Mm. Yeah. The bartender startled and st- st- was startled and told her about the stories of the lilac room. And the woman got so shook up that she started to feel ill and she had to leave. Yeah. I don't blame her. It's crazy stuff, mm. you guys, happened at this hotel. Yeah. The landmark in. Dang. So definitely reserve the lilac room. If not, just walk around the sixth floor and go down to the basement and check out the lounge. Wow. It, All right. It's a very cool looking hotel. It's got the historic vibes. It really did remind me of the Hawthorne in Salem. Yes. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Very cool looking hotel. Very spooky. So you guys want to end it off? Yeah. With a uh, a love a tragedy slash love oh, story? Love it. One is a tragedy, not a love story, though. Am I right? Yeah. So some of you may have heard of Minnie Quay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. But the ghost of Minnie Quay, she's a legend in Michigan and beyond. There's actually a Boston, um, is it a brewery? Clown Shoes, I think. I need to double check. But they have a beer called Minnie Quay in her honor. Oh. So it's kind of a big deal. So she's she's a legend. And it starts in a small lumber town in the eastern part of Michigan. Uh known as The Thumb. You guys might know if we're talking about certain parts of Michigan, or if you look at it, there's a part that looks like a thumb. And it's called Forrester. In present day, it's called Forrester Township. Um, It's in like the eastern part of Lake Huron, halfway between Port Huron and the tip of the thumb. I might be painting a picture. I might not be at all. Yeah. Consider it painted. Consider it painted. So during the late 1800s, Forrester was very busy. It was a hip happening lumbering town. 
Um, and it was also used as a seaport for hauling timber and lumber to various locations on the Great Lakes. And then they would be transported across um, the states and also into Canada. So there were four large warehouses and a giant pier, uh, which was often busy with sailors and visitors and townspeople. So it was a pretty popular spot considering the size of the town. In 1876, the Quay family uh, owned a tavern which would house sailors who would dock in Forrester for the night or for a few days or however long they needed to stay. And the tavern hosted many sailors over the years, uh, but there was one in particular that caught 15-year-old Minnie's eye. Just one eye. Mm, Again. Again. And apparently the admiration was returned. So sailors during this time, at least amongst the town people, were rumored to (laughs) have a broad at every port. Damn. So, I mean, why not, you know? So Minnie knew that it was not a good look to go gallivanting around with a sailor. Um, But as they spent time together, they fell madly in love. And they would only sneak out at night to hang out at the beach because they knew that Minnie's parents, along with the townspeople, um, they would be very upset that one of their own was running around and, God forbid, falling in love with a sailor. Unfortunately, Minnie's mother eventually discovered the affair, and rumor has it she screamed, I'd rather my daughter die than be with a sailor, which is a little dramatic, um, (laughs) but I digress. Um, And as I mentioned before, the small town, like in addition to her parents, they didn't really approve of the relationship as it was considered inappropriate for good girls or girls from good families to marry men from high seas. Mm. So Minnie and the sailor promised to remain together and she would wait for his return. She didn't want to be with anyone else. He had her heart. Um, However, her father forbade her from even saying goodbye before the sailor set sail on his next venture. Mm. Um, Big mistake. Big mistake. She was super upset, very depressed, wouldn't talk to her parents. A few months later, in the early spring of 1876, word came back to Forrester that the ship the sailor was on had gone down in the Great Lakes. So he had drowned. These Great Lakes, man. These Great Lakes. More like rude lakes, am I right? Yeah. (laughs) Rough lakes. Rough lakes. So Minnie was obviously distraught. Like she could, she was a hot mess. And she was especially mad that her parents hadn't even allowed her to say goodbye to the sailor the last time he had left town. So she would never be able to speak to him ever again. She was, and this is all she had to live for, you know, in this day and age, she didn't really have anything else though she was only 15 but we've all been 15 before yep (laughs) sadly 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 we've all been 15 so here's where the story takes an even worse turn so a few days later on april 27th minnie's parents told her to watch her younger brother james uh he was an infant so he was asleep Minnie decided to walk into town. She passed by the town inn. 
people sitting on the porch of the town inn uh, waved to her as she passed and she walked towards the pier. She walked to the end of the pier and all of the onlookers that were sitting in the town inn watched her jump off the pier into the water of Lake Huron. So she drowned herself. I guess this means she didn't know how to swim. Um, I'm not sure if any other things were used in the process of her suicide, but she jumped off the pier. I'm like, no one tried to save her? What What's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was a very high pier. Ah, yeah. By the time someone got down there and into the water, it was too late. Mm. Perhaps. Perhaps. It's my speculation. So Minnie was buried in the cemetery next to Lake Huron, north of the town, and her ghost is said to walk along the beach waiting for her sailor. Aww. I know. People who also pass by this area um, and within close proximity to the tavern report hearing a mournful grieving sound coming from the water, but also near the tavern. Some young women, so around the age of many, multiple, have reported that they have heard a girl yelling at them, trying to coerce them to get into the water, like, come swimming, like, come join me. But there's no one there. Oh. One of these ladies, unlucky ladies, even drowned after saying she had seen Minnie's ghost beckon her into the night. So imagine your friends like, hey, there's a ghost outside. I want to I'm going to go see what what's up. And then they die. I'd, mm, mm, I'd be a little freaked out. Yeah, just just a tad. Mm-hmm. Just a tad. But this is a lesson, you know, beware young hot bitches. Do not follow elusive voices <sighs> into lakes. Yep. Uh, People have also reported witnessing a kind of apparition near the tavern as uh, as well as in the water of the lake. So the tavern itself, you're probably wondering if you can go visit it. You can. However, um, it's vacant. It's just standing all alone. Very sad. Some older townspeople in the area say that you must leave something on Minnie's headstone or she will follow you home, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you were to look up her grave, you'll see that there are coins uh, and a few other things on her headstone. I do have a um, submission from Courtney Renee regarding Forrester in the story of Minnie. So I'll read that for you to you real quick. Mm-hmm. I go camping every year at Forrester Campgrounds. One night around 12, my friend and I were sitting on a picnic table under the picnic area. I was talking to him when I looked over by the swing set. Behind the swing set is somewhat of a boardwalk. I had seen feet with the bottom of a white gown walking. There was no top, only feet and the bottom of the gown. It took me a second to understand what it was. I am more than positive it was Minnie. I can honestly say that I was very scared and I did run. I am a strong believer in Minnie Quay. What? Oh, what a spooky she got some sight str- to be She got strong feet. feet. 
Only feet, just the feet, folks. And, and no. a little bit of the dress. Well, and a I've little heard, bit of the dress. I've heard of that happening in situations where, like, the floor is in a slightly different spot than it used to be. So, like, if the floor got raised, oh, yeah. then, yep. like, sometimes you'll see feet coming from the ceiling, mm-hmm. like ghostly feet. So maybe it's something like that. Something got moved and. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's Oof. messed up. Wow, wow, wow. But it seems to be very a very popular tale, a popular place to visit. So I'm curious if anyone's heard of Minnie or if they've visited Forrester, uh, what their thoughts are. So let us know. Yeah, and yeah. if you Google her, you're going to see a very spooky photo. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's her. I mean, it, the original photo may be her, but someone Photoshopped that. Yeah, someone photoshopped some spooky black eyes on this lady. So I'm warning you. This is a warning. This is a warning. Beware. Beware the pic on the Google. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Michigan's not playing games, huh? No. I'm surprised. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I'm glad that we share these stories. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um. Speaking of sharing stories, I forgot to share that our video from Salem is on YouTube now. So go go check it out and let us know what you think. So exciting. So exciting. Love it. Now you can see what our silly little faces look like. Yeah. And if you want to be our videographer next time, just give us a holla. Yeah, just give mm-hmm. us a shout at the Golden Ghouls Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that email address, send us your stories. Another ghoul talk is just around the corner, and we, we need to hear from you guys. Yeah. Can't wait. We can't wait. All right. Anything else, my gals? Sounds about right. Live, laugh, love, you know? All right. Until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh.